It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. The Dubs get the blowout win against the Clippers in Game 1, Round 1 of the NBA playoffs. Tons of things to get to. A lot of positives, a couple negatives. It was an upset Saturday. All the lower-ranked teams besides the Clippers got the W. We're going to talk about that also. And a little... Little extra KD presser for you. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. And if you're looking for Locked On Warriors, all you need to do is go to the new podcasting app called Himalaya and tell your smart device, download Locked On Warriors. You know, you can tell it to download any Locked On podcast we got. We got podcasts from the NBA, MLB, NFL, a lot of college teams out there, too. But you should probably only be listening to Locked On Warriors. I mean, or at least that should be your priority. Uh, so go to the new podcasting app, Himalaya. You can also get it at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Warriors. The Dubs beat the Clippers 121 to 104. Excuse me, a 17-point win in round one, game one of the NBA playoffs. Not a surprising outcome. I will say there were a lot of positives, some negatives, but for the most part, they came out relatively locked in. Defensively, as good as I think I've seen them play. Uh, You can go down the line, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, and yes, Steph Curry all had stellar defensive games. One of the best defensive games I've seen out of those five in a long time, and that bodes well, obviously, for the playoffs because one thing you had to deal with with this team is just the malaise of the regular season, and you have to just continue to tell yourself it's just the regular season, they're going to be fine, but it's a dangerous game to play. Is that flip, is that switch going to be able to be flipped? And it looks like they've been able to do it through one game, of the NBA playoffs. Look, there's a lot of playoffs left, but it's a good sign, especially considering some of the bad games we saw in the regular season. You expect it. You're just not sure about it. And we're starting to see it. So that's, that's a major positive. Steph Curry, obviously two time MVP, but one of the best players in the league goes for 38 on 11 of 16 shooting eight of 12 from three. Yeah. Eight of 12. That's like 66%, percent. He was incredible. He was the driving force behind the team tonight, as he is, should be, and he is. 
not only that, he had 15 rebounds, which is his playoff career high. And none of these were cheap. Oh, well, I mean, you know, maybe one or two. But for the most part, he was in there banging, going after offensive rebounds. There were two times, two offensive rebounds that he got surrounded by Clippers. At least three Clippers around him. He beats them for the board. And that 15, like I said, is a playoff career high. I think it might even just be a career high. But I'm hearing uh, different things on that. Some people don't think it is. But as far as my research goes, uh, his career high is 14. 15 is more than 14. We'll have to uh, look into it a little more. We'll get the research team on it. But him, KD, great game. Draymond, great game. Might have been his best game of the year. He finished the game 7 of 12, 2 of 4 from 3, 17 points. Obviously also did what he usually does, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. He did have 6 turnovers, though, and 4 of them were in the first quarter. So as good as this game was, he has something to clean up. The whole team has some things they need to clean up. But we'll get into that in just a minute. In the first quarter, I mentioned Draymond's complete stat line. In the first quarter, he was 5 of 5, 2 of 2 from 3, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 13 points. If Draymond is going to do something like this, if he's going to give you 14, 15 points a game on relatively efficient shooting, uh, one or two threes a game, if that three is falling, like, give him the title now. It's over. Now, the thing is, you and I both don't know whether it's going to continue, but the bottom line, if it does, it's going to be tough to beat this Warriors team. Alfonso McKinney, I have to bring him up. He didn't get a ton of time in this game, but when he did come in, he played well. He got six minutes, 42 seconds, and some of that was at the end of the game. In the first quarter, he came in for the last 3.15. Had, he got beat by Patrick Beverly off the dribble, recovers, gets a beautiful block. And Steph, one of Steph's prettier plays is he's, you know, giving you the sauce, a little razzle-dazzle with the dribble. That in-and-out dribble is so nasty. And he cuts, spins to the hoop, kicks it out to McKinney, who knocks down the wide-open three. That's going to be the biggest thing for him is if he can knock down that three or not. And on one three-point attempt, he hit it. It's pretty huge. Now, can he continue to do it? We'll see. But like I said, they want him to be able to contribute so bad because of the prototype uh, player that he is. 6'8", 215, defend multiple positions, great athlete, great rebounder. If he's knocking down the three, good role player for the dubs. No question. Uh, Andre Iguodala, I just, here's my, here's, let me just gush about Andre Iguodala for a second. Great game. No question. He was locked in defensively. He was 4-7 from the field for eight points. He had six rebounds, six assists, two steals, three blocks. And his value to this team is literally indescribable. Forget the stat line. Forget any of that stuff. He could have zeros across the board. And his value would still be impossible to adequately (laughs) verbalize. (laughs) He is such an important part to this team. And what he brings is so much more past any stat line or anything that he does. He's just a calming influence. As the dubs were turning the ball over left and right in the first quarter, the first thing I thought was, all right, we need we need Andre Guadal in here to just calm them down. Seven turnovers in the first quarter, 21 on the game. 
That's something this team is going to have to clean up moving forward. A lot of them. Here's the thing. Steve Kerr, I'm, I'm uh, in agreement with him. Turnovers happen, but would much rather have them happen because the other team's playing great defense. At least half these turnovers were slapstick, careless, not even looking, behind-the-back pass type of turnovers. There were two different times during the game where off the inbounds pass, not the exact inbounds pass, but the second pass went to someone who just was not even looking, and those were turnovers. Steph's no-look, over-the-head, one-handed passes picked off all day. So it's something they're going to have to clean up. If you're giving up 21 turnovers because the other team is just eating you alive defensively, it happens. I can live with it. But these were pathetic. They were terrible. Don't want to see them anymore. It's something they're going to need to clean up. If the, And if it's something that they do, similar to Draymond being able to shoot and Andre's uh, contributions to the win, if those things continue to happen where Andre contributes, Draymond shooting well, clean up the turnovers, this team is just going to be damn near impossible to beat. Damn near impossible. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, come back. I want to talk about a few more things that happened in the game. I'm going to play KD's post-game press availability because it was a good one. He gets into some things you guys are going to want to hear. And then we got to talk about what was upset Saturday. And I'm pretty glad the dubs weren't upset. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. At CDW, we get modern servers need to be flexible, flexible, scalable, and predictable. I predicted you'd say that. Okay, what will I say next? Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while reducing while reducing costs. See predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Uh, I want to touch on a few more things. I already talked about them in the quick hitter after the game on Saturday. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and download that because there's plenty of thoughts in there. Just a little quick 10-minute recap. I'm, the The second unit was bad, really bad, and not the bench, the second unit. So there's a difference. McKinney played well. Uh, Kavon Looney played well. Andre Guadalla played well. Those guys are on the bench. The second unit I'm talking about is the Quinn Cook, Clay Thompson, uh, who is it, Sean Livingston, Andre Guadalla, DeMarcus Cousins group, I believe it is. They were just bad. And that's because they were so bad. Those were the times that the uh, Clippers were able to get back into the game to try and make this thing a game again. One of the things that kind of speaks to it, DeMarcus Cousins in 21 minutes was a minus 17, and a lot of that was with that second unit. 
Now, that second unit goes as Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins go. And if you look at the shooting, look at their production, DeMarcus Cousins 4 of 12, Clay 5 of 14, 1 of 6 from 3. Those are the numbers that kind of tell the story of the second unit. Now, there's hope for him because of the fact that Clay can play better, DeMarcus can play better. But that was a major rough spot in this game. And don't get me wrong, even with Clay's bad shooting, he was a beast defensively. He was everywhere. He did still have a pretty damn good game uh, despite his poor shooting. Now, DeMarcus, I mentioned it before, that last time they played the Clippers, it felt like a bad matchup for him. Zubats doesn't get a lot of time. He only played about 10 minutes. And Montrez Harrell is just a tough matchup for, uh, for DeMarcus. So we'll see how Steve Kerr adjusts here. DeMarcus is still going to start. He's still going to be with the second unit. The stints might be a little slower. Or I mean, a little shorter. Let's see if he tries to make any moves as far as who he puts around him. I don't know who you could put out there instead of who's out there. So I don't know. It's just something to look for, though. But at the same time, if DeMarcus and Clay are playing well, that opens it up for Quinn Cook. Andre playing great defense. Sean doing his thing, it could still work out, but in this first game, it was a bad, bad look. Definitely the worst uh, lineup they rolled out there. And part of that is because of how long they were out there, too. They had to play extend. They play a longer uh, amount of minutes than, you know, other lineups, but it was not good. Kevin Durant, great game. He was 8 of 16, 1 of 2 from 3, 23 points. Four rebounds, three assists, three blocks. Great game. He did a great job of dealing with Patrick Beverly also. I thought it was hilarious. Pat would try and do his little antics, get up in his face, uh, and KD just smiled and laughed, kind of like, man, this little pesk. But towards the end of the third, mid-fourth is when... What was it? Pat starts getting in his face, and I thought KD did a good job of walking away. They didn't show it on camera. I guess he must have gotten back in his face, too. They get double T's, which I think double T's are so weak. Um, And then a couple plays later, what was it? KD forces the turnover on Pat Bev, knocks him down, and then gets in his face, and then double T's again. They're both ejected. Draymond absolutely loved it. You know what? I liked it, too. Patrick Beverly wants to be the little bully or whatever. KD is laughing at him and telling him, I just put 23 on your head. We just beat you by 17. You're trash. So all that was fun. But you just have to look at the fact that it's two technicals, and once you get seven, you're uh, suspended for a game in the playoffs. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, the big deal that people are making it, I don't agree with because I do believe that KD is able to control himself he's not emotionally explosive like Draymond is where I think there are times Draymond just can't help it so the fact that he has two I do trust that he'll be fine and not get up to 70s and get uh suspended it reminds me of I think last year when he got ejected like five or six times during the regular season and he said I know what I'm doing I know when to control it I only get ejected when I when I feel like it's fine like my team can handle it we're either up really big or down really big Like, it's not a big deal. So I do trust him. But who knows? He could prove me wrong and get two more tees the next game. Uh, So it's just something to watch, but I think it'll be fine. Uh, Speaking of KD, I do want to play his post-game media availability. It was good. He talks about Pat Beverly and uh, just the game in general. So here it is, Kevin Durant post-game. 
What was your view with all the exchanges that Patrick Beverly was having with you throughout the game and, you know, the subsequent ejection? Well, I've been playing against Pat Bev since he was at Arkansas, so I kind of know what he brings. He's a Chicago kid. I grew up and raised in the Chicago area, so those dudes play with a, a different type of grit, you know, so I could appreciate that about Pat. And you know what he's going to bring to the table, you know, just the physicality, the – you know, mucking up the game a little bit with his physicality, his talking, his everything. That's what he brings to each team he plays on. So um, that's his identity, and they support him with the Clippers. So for me, I know that coming into the series. So I thought it was fun tonight. Uh, Helene Elliott from the LA Times. Just overall, how do you assess this first step of the journey, postseason journey? Well, it feels a lot of excitement in the building, especially through, uh, throughout the locker room. You know, you got some guys at the first time. And, um, you know, we uh, had 22 turnovers. We can't have that going forward. And I think more so than anything, that was a lot of just, you know, just over overexcited to play, I guess, to start the game. And we had six turnovers to start the first quarter. So, and we still end up winning by um, – 17, and they only had three more shots than us. So we controlled that, but if we have 22 turno 21 turnovers again um, and in the playoffs, I think we'll, you know, that'll be a tougher game for us. But overall, solid first game. Anthony Snyder with The Athletic. What do you think of their strategy to start Beverly and, and you know, have him guard you most of the game? He's basically a foot shorter. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, obviously he's not going to ever guard me one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, when I get the ball in the post, they got a good plan game plan of leaving Draymond and Boogie at the top of the key. And as soon as I catch it, they bring in a double. So if they're going to do that, um, I'll be glad. I'll be happy to give myself up to get stuff on that back side. So, you know, sometimes we're going to play into that. Sometimes we don't want to give a give them a heavy dosage of, you know, exploiting the mismatches and we want to play our motion offense. So, you know, just mix it up a little bit. I know as the series progresses, um, Coach, uh, uh, figure out more ways for us to score. Kevin, Tony Harvey, Sacramento Observer. What is it like playing with uh, Steph Curry out there when he's going off like that, specifically in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, well, I expect it at this point. I mean, I'm not surprised by anything he does. Um, you know, I expect him to come in and shoot well every night because uh, he puts the work in. I expect him to come out here with uh, – MVP-like focus because he is an MVP. So, uh, you know, it was just another that night at the office for him. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> uh, how much do you worry about technicals? Because you only get, what they what do you say, four or seven? Do you uh, worry about that at all? No, I could control myself. Kev, on the on the play where you did get ejected, you you were having fun, like you weren't mad or anything like that. Were you surprised that the refs took it to that extent and, and ejected both of you? Yeah, yeah. Because um, the previous play, I got fouled on the on the layup and Pat came out of nowhere and blocked it. It was, yeah, it was just friendly, not friendly, but you know, just trash talk, you know. And that's an emotional play for him, you know. So he gonna show, he gonna play, he gonna show his intensity after that play. And I respected it, and I'm sure everybody on the court did. But it was the same play for me coming back on the other end where I had an opportunity to kind of bring some intensity to the arena, to the game, to my team. And uh, I thought that was a perfect time for me to do so. 
and whatever resulted in a technical foul. But uh, you know, I'm sure Ed was was trying to just control that that game and that. You know, we ain't trying to take it too far. I guess he thought we was taking it too far, but I just thought it was one of those plays where I can show a little bit more emotion than I usually show. Tomer's Arley from Clutch Points. Uh, Kevin, uh, Landry had that game last week where he hit five threes in the first half, and then you guys sort of put you on him and sort of just slowed down the offense for them. How important is, is getting not getting him involved in slowing down their offense? It's very important. I mean, when you got Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell who, uh, who can put pressure on your defense, and Gallinari, um, you got to have a guy like that who can roam around, knock down three, space the floor, keep guys honest. And, you know, I thought we did a solid job on him tonight. Uh, one for six, three points. I mean, it's a great job. But we know he's going to be – he's still simmering. He's still ready to knock down shots, you know. So uh, we got to be aware of him from the start of the game next game. So there's KD's post-game press conference. Pretty diplomatic, talking about Pat Beverly. He wasn't going to come out and call him a mother or nothing like that he likes to save that language for the refs <laughs> no but he you know he just uh talks about how hard he plays and stuff like that and it, you know that stuff's coming with pat bev and uh, he did say though they're not going to guard me one-on-one he can't guard me one-on-one which is accurate uh, so i thought it was interesting kd talking about steph too i mean he's damn near used to it which i think we all are but sometimes you just have to sit back and and awe what Steph's doing. I mean, look, he went 11, scored 38 points on 11 made shots, eight of 12 from three, 15 rebounds, seven assists. It it just, I don't know. I, I, Doc Rivers mentioned something as I'm, as I'm in awe of this performance. It just reminded me of something Doc Rivers said in his post game press conference uh, that really explains it. And I agree with him. Here's what Doc said. Hopefully you can stop him. You know, um, he's great. He's a great player. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I was telling my coaching staff, I still think Steph Curry is one of, is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I don't even know how that happens, uh, but he is. He's taken for granted. Um, and all I know is when he's on the floor, he is a handful, and he makes them better in so many ways. You know, um, he was one of the best rebounders today. Um, you know, he just does everything. He's a great player. And But – we have to do a better job. You know, he's, he has to see us right now. And I don't know what it was. I think coming in the game, he was averaging 33 against us. Um, he's shooting like 50%. I mean, he has to see our jerseys and, and see red like a bull, you know. And so we have to do a better job, and that's on me. So somehow, two MVPs, the first ever unanimous MVP, three championships, and Steph Curry's still underrated. And I agree with him. I agree with Doc 100%. He's just, I don't know if it's because he has so much fun playing the game uh, because of the threes, who knows, but he's still underrated. Still a little disrespected as, you know, a top two player, top three player in the NBA. So I I think that's a major thing that also drives stuff as well. Going to take one more break, come back, talk about what was basically an upset Saturday and then the action on Sunday also. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with the Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. 
it has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Just about to finish this thing up for the day, but I have to cover the action this weekend. So in the first two games before the Dubs took the court, the Nets beat the Sixers. The Nets, the lower-ranked seed, obviously, beat the 76ers 111-102. to Jimmy Butler had a good game for uh, the Sixers, but there was some rough spots for the team. Also, Ben Simmons, man, he has some games where he disappears, and this was definitely one of them. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick is so weird to me. I know he's a good player. I know this. I don't know if I've ever seen him have a good game, though personally <laughs> like I, I don't know it, it's weird Tobias Harris their big uh free agent or not free agent the big trade acquisition uh scored four points I expect them to fix a lot of it I'm sure they will but man that was it was an upset but not as unfathomable as the fact that the Orlando Magic ladies and gentlemen beat the Toronto Raptors 104-101. DJ Augustine outscored Kyle Lowry 25 points to 0 points. Like I talked about Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, man, this is a thing. Disappearing in playoffs is a thing now. Like, it's already been a thing, but when it just continues and continues and continues, even when you have new teammates, uh, a new situation with Kawhi and Pascal, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I have no... You know, no, no fix for it. So I just, ugh, I don't know. That was the worst one. Spurs beat the Nuggets, which also some people picked, some people expect because the Spurs are a Popovich team. Obviously, they're going to be disciplined. They're going to play good defense, and uh, they know what they're about out there. They know their game. Where the Nuggets. First time in the playoffs with these guys. Jokic is a little hesitant at times. I mean, it uh, just upset Saturday, man. I'm glad the Dubs did not get upset. I can tell you that right now. Uh, as far as Sunday's action goes, the Celtics beat the Pacers like they're supposed to. The Trailblazers beat OKC, which was, even though the Blazers, Blazers were the higher-ranked team, uh, I wouldn't call it an upset, but man, I like I kind of picked OKC to to win this game and to win the series. And again, I mean, it's still only one game. Series can go either way. But Ennis Cantor, the former Thunder, that's a weird thing to say. The former Thunder had a beast of a game. He had twenty points, eighteen rebounds, uh, two assists. I think seven of those rebounds were offensive. He had himself a great game against his old team. Dame Lillard did Dame Lillard things. 9-21, 5-11 from three. So not the most efficient, but he hit a lot of big threes when they needed him to. He had a huge first half also. Uh, Seth Curry, I know Dubs fans 
and uh, Curry fans enjoy it. I, I tweeted out I'm irrationally invested in his success. He had a good run in 16 minutes, was 3 of 6 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 8 points. So that series is one zip. And personally, for the outlook of the Warriors and, you know, the easiest path to the finals, I would rather Portland win than OKC. But I don't know. Again, maybe OKC is just bad. Maybe I overrate them. But, I, I mean, honestly, Dubs will be fine regardless who comes out of that series. The Milwaukee Bucks made mincemeat out of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, no Blake Griffin. He's still hurt. And uh, it, was, it was bad. The Bucks just smoked them the entire game. 35-point win, 121-86. to 86. Giannis had 24, 17 rebounds, 4 assists. He's just a freak. I mean, obviously, that's why he has the name, the Greek freak, but he he's ridiculous. Never seen anything like him. Uh, he did hit a three, too. If he ever gets a consistent three-point shot, forget it. We might be looking at one of the best to ever do it. And we might be looking at that anyways. But without a three-point shot, that does limit his, uh, his ceiling, at least. But, man, this, this one is going for tops. <laughs> if they can win in three, they will. And then the nightcap was the Rockets beating the Jazz 122-90. to Rockets smoked them. Uh, it, was, it wasn't this bad the whole game. Jazz had them at about 10 to 12 points for, you know, up until the end of the third quarter and then, or close to the end of the third quarter, and then the Rockets just took off. Little rocket pun there. But they get an easy, somewhat easy win against the Jazz, who did the defensive strategy where you, you know, overplay hard into his left, try and funnel him to go bare, but that left open a lot of lobs and then just a ton of miscommunication on the Jazz's part about covering the corners. It felt like PJ Tucker was open in the corner every single play. Same with Daniel House. Which, by the way, he should be a warrior. The Warriors should have Daniel House, Alfonso McKinney, and Pat McCall on their team right now. Only Alfonso McKinney, which is fine. I still still love Alfonso McKinney, but man, he's Daniel House is a solid player. There's no doubt about it, and he's helping the Rockets uh, win in the playoffs. The Jazz still have a shot. They couldn't make any shots, uh, but they look. They what? They they lost game one, which you're kind of supposed to, as the road team. Uh, as the lower seed. So they still have a chance. If they can get their offense going, that'd be huge in in their chance to win this series. But as inconsistent as their offense was the entire year, it's not something you can really count on. Joe Ingles only took, what, four shots in the game? He's going to need to get a lot more shots. Houston looks good. And people are, I don't know, maybe overreacting to it, but it's looking like it's going to be a Rockets dub showdown in round two. And I'm all for it. Going to wrap this thing up. Thank you guys so much for listening to Locked on Warriors. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode, uh, probably following the game. Probably come out midnight on Monday night. So check that out. This is Locked on Warriors on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. 
Eric Fowle. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.